Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Along the way, you've been a researcher, okay? Mm -hmm. You need to log hours in the laboratory. I don't think there's anyone on this planet who can log over a thousand hours in a biology laboratory if they don't love the learning and the growth that happens from the laboratory. You don't just do that because you're bored and, oh, let's go to the laboratory. Uh, and so you love it. You've loved mm -hmm. it for a long time. You're good at it. You've competed in competitions and where you present your findings. And a lot of people don't even know that these things exist, but they do. Yeah. Right? For researchers, you create posters and you present on, on your research. And there are even competitions for this. You've won a number of these competitions. We talked about this in a previous podcast. Um, you have been invited to go speak at Harvard College, you know, to, to teach how high school students can begin doing research or do more effective research. You've won thousands of dollars. Um, and it's even grown since the last time you and I spoke because yeah. I just got a WhatsApp message from you from ISEF. And I just about screamed, like, ISEF is amazing and here you are winning awards and and walking across that incredibly you know grand stage at ISA. Yeah. can you talk just a little bit about your evolution there from the research laboratory to the speaking competitions and and just share even for me i'm not sure exactly the end of the story for you tell <laughs> tell us where you're at there yeah, so um, even this this goes back to even before I started high school, uh, my mom found out about ISEF, which is the International Science and Engineering Fair. And she was like, you have to, we have to do this. I was like, I'm in, I'm like in, okay, let's do research, let's let's get there. Um, so it's been a goal of mine for three, three years now. And I finally, finally got it. And it was extremely emotional. And it was just it that sense of achievement just felt different, because I know how hard I worked for it. So it felt really, really amazing to be able to to go there. So ISEF is a one week long competition slash conference that is held in one of the major cities in um, the United States every year it changes. Uh, so this year it was in Dallas, Texas. And so everyone from all around the world, about 60 to 70 countries, over 18 100 finalists, um, all aged from like 15 to 20, come um, to this fair slash competition, and they present their research that they've been doing. So uh, it's not only like this amazing research competition, it's a great way to meet people from all over the world and see the work that they've been doing in, in so many different fields of science um, and technology. So uh, it's been an amazing experience. It's this melting pot of cultures and it's it's just so eye-opening. Um, but yeah, it's been a huge dream of mine and I, I was able to go this year and present my research and um, win fourth place in my category of cellular and molecular biology, which was an even, even bigger achievement for me. I, I never thought this would ever happen. If you had asked me this even a year ago, I would have been like, nope, there's no way I can go to this, go to this competition and actually win. Um, so it, it was just a huge um, achievement for me. And I think it was the best experience of my life. Wow. Well, that's an endorsement. <laughs> Considering all the experiences you've had, you know, being paid to go speak at Harvard and uh, winning all these competitions and starting your own nonprofit. 
and the most exciting ever. Uh, I love that. I love that, Ishida. And I love the fact that you have absolutely grown into these shoes. It's not like, I mean, if you pinch yourself while you're on the stage, you think, wow, I can't believe that I'm here. But yeah. if you really sit and think about it, you totally can believe that you're there because you've <laughs> earned it. You've really done amazing work and it's built a up along the way. You've you've grown and evolved. And, and maybe that can kind of be, um, you may have other final thoughts, but, but maybe my final question for the listeners who are just feeling like, wow, Ishida sounds amazing, but I will, that's not me. Like, I'll never be that. Um, I think a lot of high school students, I don't know, uh, it's, it's difficult to get started. And you already talked about getting started. So thank you for that. Yeah. But I think also sometimes if, if we use like the roadblock analogy, I think sometimes we drive, okay, we got started, we're going, yay. And then yeah. you're on the way and, and there's a roadblock. Yeah. And, and some, not just high school students, some humans, like adults do this too, right? We, we face that roadblock and we say, oh, well, the, the road is blocked. Well, now what do I do? I guess I stop the car and, and look at the roadblock and, and kind of just wait and hope that the roadblock disappears eventually. And, you know, and, and a lot of people just, instead of turning around and, and finding an alternate route, they just kind of stop and, and die waiting for the roadblock to be removed. And so you clearly have not done that. You've had barriers to your success. You've had challenges. Can you talk us through kind of the way you see that and how you approach roadblocks as they come? Yeah, so um, I've had quite a few. I mean, I think everyone can talks about their kind of talks about their successes all the time, but very few talk about the failures that they had to face to get to those successes. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had a lot of roadblocks in those moments of like, I can't do this. I'm not like this is not how, this is not me. Like I can't I can't do this anymore. Um, when my experiment for the exact project that I presented at ISEF, it hadn't worked for like nine months. Um, and I've just, I just went to the lab, did my work, failed. I would come home, cry, go back, do it again, <laughs> fails, come home. And then it's just like, it was a never ending, a never ending process, which is why I said, if you had asked me a year ago, I would have been like, I would never be at ISEF. I would be, I wouldn't even be selected because I didn't have, I didn't even have data then. Um, and so to be able to go from that to, to actually winning an award there, that, I mean, that was just amazing. But um, facing that, I think that those nine months were like the worst in terms of in, in terms of my research experience, because I really had to stick through with it and um, keep doing the same experiment over and over again until it worked, um, which then it did. So that was that was really good. So, um, yeah, but it, I mean, for instance, this was just a recent one. I had applied to like eight or nine internships and I got rejected from almost all of them except one. So um, that I mean, that can be very demoralizing. I remember I would just send my rejection emails to my parents. I'd be like, got rejected from this one, too. Um, and they'd be like, it's OK. You tried your best. You got all your applications reviewed by multiple people. I mean, you did the best that you could, so it's okay. And I'd just be like, I feel like I shouldn't, I, I just feel so bad about myself. I mean, am I even achieving anything? I, I got all these awards, but for what? Like, I can't even get into an internship. <laughs> like, this is terrible. Um, but, you know, it, I think that was, that was before, so it sort of, this rejection sort of phase happened as I was going to these research competitions and, and getting awards. And I was like, 
why am I not, why am I not looking at the awards that I've gotten? Why am I only looking at the rejection emails that I'm getting from these internships? I'm doing so much in, in this area of my life that it's okay that it's, that I'm getting rejected here. So I think um, even when you do get a roadblock where you can't really do anything about it, uh, rejections, you can't really go back and be like, can you accept me, right? So uh, I think at that point, you just have to pivot and you have to sort of look at the other side um, of the roadblock and just be like, hey, like this is some amazing stuff that you're doing as, as a person on this side of your life. It's okay that you're you're facing a little bit of a roadblock here. So yeah, and then... I think there's just so many different ways you can kind of combat that, um, whether it's like pivoting to another perspective or looking back at your other achievements and just being like, this is some great work that I've done, or just sort of pushing through it and being like, okay, well, that's done. What's next? Uh, I think a lot of people sort of dwell on that one thing that they didn't get or that one, one scholarship that they didn't get. Uh, and I think it's just it's just, again, perspective. That's just the one thing. There's so many other things that you could do to to get even more, that may even have even more successes and can be even more um, successful for you. So I think just kind of taking it and moving on and then looking at the the bigger bigger side of things, that, that has really helped me too. Oh, man. So golden. This advice is so good because if you're not being rejected, you're probably not pushing yourself very hard, right? <laughs> like, there's plenty of stuff that you can do that you're not going to be, you're not going to fail at. If, if you wanted to prove to me all day, every day that you know how to tie your shoes, you could do it. You could tie your shoes without failing every single time you want to, every single time. Who cares, right? Like we want to push ourselves to the point that we're beyond what's comfortable. It's great that you can tie your shoes especially if that used to be difficult for you, but it's not so cool to spend, you know, now that you're a rising senior to spend your time yeah. showing how excited you are that you can tie your shoes. And I know that's a, a silly example, but plenty of us want to stay right where we're comfortable. Yep. And so yeah. what you're telling me is got rejected here, got rejected there. That tells me that these places that are rejecting you are, are pretty serious institutions because they're not going to reject. They're not just asking, do you know how to tie your shoes? Can you show up on time? Because you, you've logged a thousand hours in the laboratory. You know, you've worked college level research. You've won awards. They're, these are not places that are just wondering, you know, are you, uh, you going to show up on time and be respectful? Because if you are, then, then you're in, right? Mm -hmm. Like a whole bunch of clubs in high school are not going to reject you. But that doesn't mean that that's the thing that you're going to grow through, right? And so taking risks and, and being rejected should be a badge of honor once you yeah. <laughs> the fact that growth requires resistance. Not a single yeah. thing on the planet grows without resistance. So let's do the thing that causes rejection and resistance so that we can evaluate, we can reflect, we can grow. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that was some like great Great advice there, um, especially because I think everyone, like you said, likes to typically stay where they're comfortable. And that's not always the the sort of zone that helps you grow and become a better, better individual, better person. Um, and that's not really what always brings you those those big successes. It's when you push that zone and you kind of um, go into uncharted territory. That's when you 
you have to learn to sort of survive and and when you do you can really thrive thrive there so yeah that i mean that was that really helped that that kind of hit home for me because that's sort of the the phase that i was in and then i had to get out of that and be like it's okay rejection is normal i think like the most successful person in the entire world has faced far more failures than they have um than you could ever know so you know so i think it's just that was some great great advice there <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I totally agree. The, the more successful someone is, the more rejection they've faced. Uh, that's great, great way to put that. Uh, last thing, I lied when I said there was only one more question from me, and I will still give you a chance if you have final thoughts, but you've also mentored a lot of people, not only yeah. the teens that you brought into your company and have taken on all these all these roles and that you can now delegate to, but I know that you've mentored a lot of teens just in my own program that you've taken under your wings a whole bunch of my Ivy League Challenge students, and um, and it hasn't even stopped there. I know that you've helped mentor some of the students in your in your school and mm-hmm. um, and other communities. And so maybe one last question for me, like truly the last question I think. Uh, but tell us what you've learned as you've mentored other teens, because I'm sure you've seen. You know what? As I've mentored now, you're you're well into double digits. You've mentored a lot of teenagers. Yeah. And so what have you found that you feel like, you know what, if more teens understood this, we'd have, this would be more joyful, this would be more successful, this would be more whatever. Uh, we, we would accomplish what we're trying to accomplish better compared to what's happening now. What, what advice do you have after mentoring a whole bunch of teenagers through this process? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've sort of seen when I just it's not it's not always mentoring it can it can sort of just be guiding or even helping or answering a question um is that they're they have a lot of ambition i think teenagers just have so much ambition especially my generation they just like want to do so many things and they and they just want to like they, they want to do a lot, but I think, I think um, there's a few things that like stops them. One is obviously fear of, of being rejected. I think there's just so much of that fear of failure um, because I think it's just like, it's either they, they do it right or they don't do it at all. And I, I just feel like that's just so like, in my perspective, that's just so wrong. I mean, like that just like, Every time I'm like, send this email, maybe like they'll respond or like, do, do this, figure this out and then come back to me and I can help you. They just, they, they're just so afraid to take that step. And I, I just don't know why, <laughs> because I, I don't really remember having that issue. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like the environment that I've been in was just different. And just the way that I shape my perspective has been different. Maybe it was um, working in a lab so young that has sort of helped me because I, I learned a lot with working with older people. I mean, that that really changes the way you think because uh, they, they're now, they've passed that phase of I'm afraid. They, they just go do it because they don't, they're like, I'm running out of time. I have to, if not now, when am I going to do it? And so when you see that kind of work environment, I think that sort of shaped me to think that way too. Um, and so it, it always aches my heart when I see teenagers my age that just don't want to take that that step. There's just that lack of connection there with their ambition to their goal. And I think that if they can just get over that one hurdle, it really it can really change change the whole trajectory of that person's goal and that person's um, journey, just because it's not always 
multiple emails. It's just that one email, right? Like you just have to start and then it you just build momentum. So I think just, just starting is the biggest, biggest, biggest step. I always say, just try it. The worst that can happen is, is you fail. And even that you, you can learn from it. I, I think even failures, I think you learn more from failures than you do from successes. So I, I think it's so much more important to, to try and fail than it is to try and success, uh, be successful. Mm, amazing. Amazing. I think that a lot of people, you know, we, we assume that as we grow older, we're going to grow wiser. And mm -hmm. a lot of people just grow older. <laughs> uh, but yeah. what you've just described is what allows us to grow wiser, right? We, yeah. we fail, we reflect on that and figure out why, then we can grow wiser. And if we want to stay comfortable and say, I already know how to tie my shoes. Look, I can tie my shoes. Yeah. It's stuck with tying your shoes we don't go get wiser, right? We grow wiser by challenging ourselves and doing things that are difficult. And then when we come up short, when it's not the result that we hoped for, we reflect, we try to figure out why. And so I wanna to add to your piece of advice, and I'm, I'm sorry to just throw this in there, but I've also mentored a lot of the people, the same people that you've been helping out. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that, that can happen is we do get off track. Right. And it's OK. Even you yeah. throughout this year, you've had times where you had to put your your nonprofit, your research and your all of your other activities on the back burner and yes. focus on your test, focus on your schoolwork and then come back to these activities. And it's OK to get off track. Yeah. It's kind of like walking on a tightrope. You're never actually balanced. You're always teetering back and forth between too far to the right and too far to the left. But yes. that movement forward is what allows you to stay on the tightrope. Well, yeah. when you get off track, when your impact project gets off track and you it's been, man, you thought it was only going to be off for a week and now it's been three weeks and a blink of an eye, it's three months and now it's six months and you still haven't done anything and now you're embarrassed to admit that you haven't done anything. That's not, I mean, what are you doing? You're saying, well, I haven't, I haven't done this in a long time. Now I'm embarrassed. And now the embarrassment is going to be my roadblock. And instead of finding a new road and, and just trying to probe somewhere new, I'm just going to pull over and, and wait until I die or someone else removes this roadblock for me. Yeah. I think also sometimes what can happen is, well, it's been like, someone can be like, it's been like a month. What's another month? Like, it's fine. I can just, I'll start it after two months anyway. Like another month isn't going to do anything. And I think that just pushes people further down that, further down that path of not getting to it. And then being embarrassed, like you said, to admit that they haven't done a lot of work. Um, but I think just being able to transition between those those two mind like mindsets of prioritizing maybe schoolwork and then an extracurricular that can be very very helpful um, to to figure out and find that balance. I really love that tightrope example that you said because I I I just started realizing yeah that's sort of what's been happening. There are times where I have to focus only on school and I don't do um, work related to the organization because that that really sucks up a lot of time and energy even without knowing it without me knowing it just because I love doing it so much that I really have to stop myself and be like, nope, this is after the test. That That's when I'll focus on it. So good. From the real world, like that is such good advice. All right. So um, I have, I am just eternally grateful for this conversation. Everyone who listens to it is going to benefit tremendously. 
Uh, Ishida, do you have any last thoughts or, or last comments for all of these incredible teenagers who have ambition? Many of them are our own students that you know very, very well who have figured out their core values. They know that they want to make a difference and they run into these roadblocks and just kind of get stuck sometimes. But then many might be listening in who have never taken the Ivy League Challenge, might not know their core values and might feel even more like, what? How is this possible? How did Ashita do this? How, how did she grow so much in one year? Any last thoughts or, or um, I guess, advice for teens around the United States and around the world who are listening in who do want to make an impact, who do want to do incredible things, but just don't know how to get started or don't know how to go, you know, move past that roadblock or whatever other advice you might have for them. What, what kind of final thoughts do you have for our listeners? Yeah, I think this has sort of been a theme this entire this entire episode about trying and failing. And I honestly, this is going to be very like unorthodox, but I say try and fail, like fail. I, I think that is the the best way to get over that roadblock. Just just face the reality of failure, um, because that will help you get situated and acquainted with with the um, amount of joy that success brings you because you'll know what failure felt like. So you're going to strive to to be more successful because you know what the taste of failure is like. And so I think the first, the best thing you can do is is fail. And I know this, this is going to sound very, very weird <laughs> saying this, but um, it's from the failures that you learn how to become successful. You're like, this is something that I shouldn't do now. So let me try something else. Um, and so, yeah, I think that first email, that first rejection, that first first bad grade on a test, whatever it might be, try and fail because that's the that's going to be the best experience of your life. I, I know it sounds like it's the worst, but honestly, when I look in the moment, it is the in the moment, it is always the worst feeling. But when I look back, I I'm like, wow, I failed so many times. And now when you when you feel like you're successful, it feels that much more better. And you're like, I learned so much from from failing and not getting those um getting those internships or getting that scholarship or, or getting getting that meeting with someone, I learned what not to do. And I now know what to do. Um, and so I think the failures have been the foundation of my success so far. Wow, I cannot imagine a better place to leave this interview. So many of our listeners right now are just amazed at you and your story, Ishida, and your your vulnerability, your willingness to share true, like raw, authentic experiences <laughs> and the emotions that accompany them and how you process those emotions mentally. Because that is exactly what the audience needs to hear is, okay, I have these ambitions. I know who I am. I know what matters to me. I want to make a difference. When you start trying to make a difference in the real world, you get out of the theoretical, out of the classroom. And, you know, it's one thing to write a project about how your community can save their fresh water, you know, needs or, or how they can solve this problem or that problem. That little report is nice. You know, it's cute. It's, it's a good way to get started. But actually trying to make things better in the real world is going to create some challenges. Yeah. And and there's going to be some egos that get in the way and there's going to be some failures. And if we can be reflective and if we can say, wow, why did this not go the way I expected? Why mm -hmm. did it go differently? Then we gain wisdom. We do not gain wisdom just by growing older. <laughs> we <Yeah. gain> wisdom <laughs> by trying to do the hard things 
And then when it doesn't work out the way we want it to, or even when it does, we reflect and we think about it and we grow through that. And yeah. push comes to shove, that is the reward. Like, it's cool that the secondary reward is we also become really competitive for the most competitive colleges and we win all these scholarships and we have all these accolades and we feel good about ourselves. But the growth itself, the person you become as you strive to make a difference in the world outweighs all of that. Yeah. And that would be hard to believe for someone who has never experienced it. But that's, that's the truth. That's the reality. Yeah. And I, I wanted to add one more thing as you were talking about that. Um, I think that also sometimes what can happen is once you've achieved success or you, you sort of dwell in it and you sort of sit in that success and you're like, this is, this is amazing. This is the greatest feeling I've achieved, like everything. And then you sort of, there's that ego that, that occurs. You're like, I'm, I'm really good at this, or it becomes your comfort zone. You're like, I'm just going to sit in this idea of success and I'm not going to push myself further. And I, I would say, Another advice is once you try and fail and then you get success um, is to always find those grounding factors, whatever they might be. So like for me, they're my parents. They, they're, they are very quick to be like, you have more to do in life. You need to get snap out of it. <laughs> you need to sort of get back, get back to reality um, and, and sort of, um, you know, get back to your real life. Like it's great. You won an award and we celebrate it, but you need to, you need to sort of snap out of it. And that has sort of been my internal factor as well, where I'm like, I, I, I for instance, I went to ISEF and saw amazing people and people that won more money, more prestigious awards than me. And that was my motivating factor. I was like, I want to go back next year and win the awards they did. So I'm there's this internal sort of motivation and the, this extern, external factor as well. So I would say find those grounding factors um, and those two things failing and those grounding factors will really help people get get more success and and sort of still stay in a in a really healthy mindset. Oh, beautiful. Well, Ishida, thank you very much. This has been incredible. Thank you so much. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.